0: Good morning. May I please the Court Pauling on behalf of Mr. Proto? He appeals his uh, convictions for possession with intent to distribute methamphetamine and the use of a firearm to facilitate that crime. He was sentenced to 23 years. And the trial occurred in Minnesota. I think it was upstairs. He raises a common issue with an uncommon argument. And the common issue is a 404B uh, admissibility of evidence of another crime on his behalf, and the, the uncommon argument is that the <clears throat> recent social science research uh, has undercut the idea that a cautionary instruction is workable in the 404b area, and that in this particular case it was ineffective. It's a unique argument, but it's based upon the recent science rather than 60 years of case law. The, the collateral argument is that when a cautionary instruction is unworkable, then the defendant's presumption of innocence more or less disappears and is not protected. So that's the <clears throat> that's our claim. In terms of the facts, they were largely undisputed. There were two arrests of.
1: Wait. Your claim is cautionary instructions are ineffective. I, yes, but I am. Wait, wait, wait. And therefore, what though?
0: Therefore, uh, they're, 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 they're supposed therefore, to.
1: there was error, There's error always in four hundred four B cases.
0: Well, in, in this case in particular. Okay, okay. But, I, how, but how
1: how would this case be different from others?
0: Well, because in this case, the they, they introduced a certified conviction. And the cautionary instruction asked the jurors to decide whether or not that was provable, whether they, by a preponderance of evidence the conviction happened, which is an absurd instruction. Absolutely absurd, because there's no jury in the world who would say a certified conviction isn't evidence of a, of a other crime. So the first part of the instruction was... was um,
1: Stand. It's a standard. Standard, I
0: know. I'm trying, to, I'm trying to move the paradigm here. I really am. I'm happy you gave me a chance to do this.
1: (laughs) It's great to be here again, but... uh, (laughs) Well, you're saying it was so obvious the judge shouldn't have told the jury that they had to find it by preponderance. He should have just let them go without that?
0: Yeah, I mean, how how could they make that decision? I mean, how how could they not make
1: that decision? I don't understand. I mean, I... I I thought you were concerned that the part cautioning them not to use it as propensity evidence was well, ineffective.
0: Well that's why I'm, that's my second piece. You, you you got ahead of me.
1: Okay. Well <laughs> but, I'll but slow this, down but I didn't see much to the first piece.
2: Well
0: the first the second piece is that that
1: if it's obvious that he was convicted then what's the harm of telling them they have to find that by preponderance?
0: Well it's an absurd that, finding. That's why you're asking them to do something that's absurd. That's that's the harm of it.
1: I mean I you know
0: you're you're asking them to Follow an instruction that that you're asking them to make a choice that that they can't make. Now, in terms of the you know the the propensity uh, well, issue, con- all right, go ahead. You could no, if you, you have question. to
1: it. You can concede it Great. if you don't want them to be instructed to make the finding. But what's what's your second? Point? The second
0: argument is that uh, you know by instructing them that the evidence goes into intent common scheme, mortis operandi, close in time, all those catch-all phrases of 404B evidence. Um, <clears throat> that, <clears throat> that's a nice instruction, but then, they, then the, the research is that the jurors have a hard time distinguishing 404B evidence from the overall guilt of the defendant. So on the one hand, you say this is relevant for intent, and on the other hand, they can't determine they can't use the intent evidence to determine whether the in this case the defendant intended to do his crime. I mean it, it's 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 almost impossible to understand. What I what I what I try to do in the brief and what I've tried to do with a lot of district court judges is say, look, you know, the the research is that uh, these are really difficult to follow. These instructions are difficult to follow. And so we are confronted with uh, the idea that jurors will always follow instructions, which is, a, which is the standard idea, and it fosters great respect for the judge and the court to be following instructions. On the other hand, in this particular area, the research, as I've read it, is that these instructions are ineffective. So where are we with this? I mean, it, it, is a, it is a paradigm shift that I'm trying to make. I know I'm going up a hill here, but it's a good hill to climb, I think. In this case, the, the 404B evidence was just devastating. The, Mr. Protos was arrested five years before the case. He stopped in a car. There's a gun in the car. There's 140 grams of meth in the car. He confesses to the arresting officer that he's back in the game, meaning that he's going to continue criminality, that he's incorrigible. I don't know how else you could interpret back in the game. And what's worse is that the uh, police officer that testified to all this is now part of the fugitive task force arresting fugitives. And what's worse yet is that they introduced the conviction as a crime of violence in Minnesota with the notion that the the felon possession was admitted to, but the math wasn't.
1: This research it, to which you're referring, I didn't see any anything cited in your table of authorities. Did you have some studies in mind? I cited
0: the I cited the the,
1: the, the major book here. The major book, okay. Yeah, that just cites
0: the, it. that cites the the. Um, the studies inside it. I mean, I—it's the the guy that's from USC. It's published by Harvard. Uh, I urge you to read it. Well, um, that's
1: why I was asking. I just didn't. You mean the uh, Dan Simon? Yeah. Yeah.
0: Right. It's a fabulous book. It also um, discusses a lot of the other psychology in law, and it tries to blend the social science research to the current day. And uh, the, the point I'm trying to make is that I've raised this issue of of the effectiveness. I've cited uh, a scientific treatise, and uh, the government has not refuted this. I mean, the, the, the brief, which is very well done by Mr. Dunn, my old friend, um, doesn't refute the science that I've cited here.
3: Well, Counsel, I, I certainly, speaking for myself, appreciate your candor to the court about the the state of, of the law, and particularly the state of the facts in this case. Uh, but as a panel on an intermediate court, what authority could you, would would this court have to vary from the existing precedent uh, upholding the, the very type of ruling that you appeal?
0: Well, you have authority on, you, on each case to determine prejudice. I mean, that's, it, so
2: how would you uh, write the panel opinion?
0: I'm glad you asked. Here's how I would write uh, here's how I would write it. I would say um, here are the facts, here's the four oh four B evidence, those are the first three paragraphs. And I say counsel for Mr. Proto has asserted, based upon a learned treatise in the law published by Harvard, that um, jury instructions I don't
1: think Judge Collins is that wouldn't
0: help that wouldn't well, I, you. Well, know, <laughs> I'm impressed. I, yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think the professor's from USC, if that helps. but uh, Go ahead. How's the, <laughs> cited a learned treatise. I'd say, yeah, if I were writing this, I would love to write this too, by the way, but that's not my job. But I, uh, he cites learned a treatise <laughs> that's accepted in the, in the industry The jury instructions are difficult to follow on this ground. The government has not disputed that learned treatise, that the court is concerned uh, about the practice here of, of offering 404B evidence on the, on the standard cliques of the, of the world and that the, the evidence of prejudice is is asserted and not rebutted. That's what I would do. And then I would cite that the 404B evidence tends to diminish the presumption of innocence, which is really important for a guy that's going to die in prison here. He's 45. he got 23 years. He's not going to make it likely. Um, and that I would, I would also say, on harmless error, the paragraph on harmless error, which is always in these cases, I'd say the government has invited the error. They've asserted this is very important evidence for them. And the, the court does not enjoy uh, the government's shifting positions. On the one hand, they tell the judge that the evidence is very important. We want it in. And then on the back end of all these appeals, these 404B evidence, they argue that it's harmless error. So on the one hand, it's really important evidence. And on the other hand, it's harmless. So it can't be harmless if it's important. And I would reverse the conviction. Unfortunately, I'm out of time, but I... I um, Arrest now do you have a question judge Logan um,
2: you haven't you haven't taken it and there's nothing wrong with making novel and, and unique arguments but of course they're they're typically not for a panel uh, with this with as much law as there is and I, I haven't I haven't heard you emphasize the prejudicial nature of the officer testifying and of course district courts have discretion to limit that and you haven't uh, you haven't talked about the, the typical 404b aspects. Seems to me all you all you put in your your hypothetical opinion is is um, uh, stuff that we don't have the authority as a panel to, to hold, which is fine. I mean, wouldn't be the first time that a lawyer has uh, made an argument for the, that in effect is for the in bank court, and sometimes prevailed.
0: My comment on it. Well, to answer briefly, you know, the evidence was devastating. I mean, the, the guy um, I mean it, 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 it was it was prejudicial. I and I, I briefed it. So but would
1: you just do away with limiting instructions altogether because I, this treatise says that Juries have trouble applying? I think you should
0: take a more nuanced approach going forward. I mean, I think the the practice in the district courts of 404b could be shifted a little bit. What's the
1: nuanced approach? I thought your instructions are ineffective, so why would they be used at all?
0: I would say, you know, if I were really shooting for the moon, I'd say, think again about this rule of inclusivity, that the rule is an inclusive rather than an exclusive rule, because that just, all that does is encourage the court to let all this stuff in. And so when you that, do...
3: That, that is a national debate at
0: the That's really a problem. Um, it's, a, it's a huge problem on these cases, because the people that end up going to trial are looking at huge amounts of time, can't settle the case, and there's always something in the background. So that's what I would. Uh, that's my wish list for you, Judge Carleton.
3: Okay. Well, you did yeah, go Thank ahead. you. Thank you, Mr. King. Mr. Dunn.
4: Uh, Good morning, Your Honors. May please court, Mr. Eng. i got to lower this. He's a little taller than me. Um, I represent uh, the United States on this appeal, and I was also a lawyer at trial uh, below, in front of Judge Brazel. Um, In response to Mr. Eng's argument, I, I guess I didn't realize until now that, and I thank you for his concession that he's asking for a paradigm change um, in his brief, because um, short of a ruling that says there should be no more 404B evidence, um, I can't think of anything in this case that wasn't a textbook example of how to properly analyze the admission of 404B evidence and <clears throat> a proper way to use 404B evidence at trial. Regarding the evidence of
1: of well, One of the, thing that might not have been textbook is that didn't the judge list about seven different pieces under 404B? Yes. Is that textbook, or should it typically? Would a textbook used by the AUSA be more targeted to a particular element?
4: Well, I think in this case, the four hundred four B evidence was knowledge, intent, and motive.
1: So, why didn't you limit the offer the go- to those? the government? Did
4: and in in the court's finding regarding prejudice, said or or allowing admission, the court said. And this is um, in her order. It's at the docket at 79. The fact that the defendant has carried a firearm in the past in connection with his drug trafficking is directly at issue in this case. As the government argued at the pretrial conference, Mr. Proto's past conviction involving a firearm demonstrates his knowledge of guns and his intent to possess them. These are key issues in this case where the government must prove Mr. Proto knew that the firearms found by law enforcement were in his possession. And and those were the two, the knowledge and intent. There were two count, two firearm counts. For the June incident, it was just felon in possession. And knowledge was relevant because the firearm was tucked between the center council and the driver's seat. Count five, which was possession of a firearm in furtherance of drug trafficking activity, that that was where his statement to the officers in 2016, that he needed a gun because he was back in the game and was worried about being robbed, was entirely consistent with the evidence at trial and the testimony elicited by the government at trial that drug traffickers commonly carry firearms to protect themselves, their drugs, and their drug money because drug trafficking is an illicit business. And you can't call the police to protect yourself from being robbed. You need firearms to protect yourself. And so his statement confirmed that. Now, I will say that I I don't know how much more the court or the government could have done at trial to limit the jury's improper use of this evidence. The court's limiting instruction followed this court's guidance in Crenshaw and Drew.
1: Why uh, did accident or mistake get into the instruction if you were only arguing knowledge and intent?
4: Well, I think she wanted to. I, 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 be, I can't speak for Judge Brazel, but I believe she was trying to encompass all possibilities, all
1: possible catch-alls for using 404B. Well, um, I know, but that's one criticism that often comes up, is that the government or the judge shouldn't List every possible catch-all, but should well, th- list the ones that are really at issue in the case. Yes.
4: Well, the o- the only other thing I will I, I will do your honor is point, in addition to the court's instruction, cautionary instruction, the only time the government mentioned this in its closing argument, it cautioned the jury not to use it for propensity. I, I, I argued. And of course, and this was when I was arguing infer- that the firearm was possessed in furtherance of his drug trafficking activities. And of course, we know it. we know defendant's intent from defendant's own words, right? Because that's what he told the cop in 2016. Yeah, I have a gun because I'm dealing drugs again. He told you what his intent was. Now, the judge instructed you you don't look at 2016 incident to say, well, if he did it then, he did it again. No, that's improper. Don't do it. But you can use it to look into his mind. What was his intent? What was his knowledge? What was his motive? What was his modus operandi? That's in furtherance of drug trafficking. And so I, I realize, look. look all 404B evidence is prejudicial. That's why they call it other bad acts. But that's not the test. The test is the fourth prong. right? It's materiality, um, similar in kind, close in time, whether it was proven by a preponderance of evidence, and does the prejudice substantially outweigh the probative value? And on the issue of prejudice, we tried to limit the jury's use of that. I don't know how much more you can do to limit a jury's use of 404B evidence other than to have both the court and the prosecutor tell them not to use it for propensity. And that's not shallow. That, 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 that's not uh, uh, fallacious. That was my intent. Did, didn't want them to use it improperly at trial. And,
2: how many how many prospective jurors who have not had a criminal law course, uh, do you suppose, could uh, answer the question, what does propensity mean? And how would they answer it?
4: I, I don't know the answer to that as a judge. I think, you know, I, but but I, I, think I think the way you I a I have
2: a lot of eyes glazed over.
4: Well, except that... I didn't use the but terms you know, propensity. You know, what I, I used was you can't say, well, if he did it then, yeah. then he did it again. Yeah, that's and that's common.
1: A, that's kind of the plain English explanation yes. of propensity. Yes, Your Honor. And that was that was done here.
4: Yes. Um, I don't think I have any other thing to say. Unless the court has any other questions, I will sit down. I don't see any.
3: You. Thank you, Mr. Dunn. Mr. Ng, I think we exhausted your your time with our conversation and inquiry, and um, um, I don't know that there was some rebuttal that you actually needed to produce. Uh, I think you made your point, but you can correct me if I'm wrong. Uh, I've
0: said my piece. Thank you. All right. All
3: right. Court appreciates.